Good morning, church family, and welcome to another Sunday of worship, praise, and meditation on our Holy Scriptures. It tells us in the book of Psalms, or more specifically, one of my favorite Psalms, is when the word says, I will bless the Lord, and his praises shall forever be in my mouth. And sometimes I have to remind myself of that passage of Scripture because no matter whether it's hard, or matter, no matter whether the times are good or bad, no matter what you're experiencing in your life, if you remember to bless the Lord, if you remember to keep his praises in your mouth, what that will show God is no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're experiencing, your faithfulness isn't contingent upon whether things are good or bad, but your faith is contingent upon his grace, his mercy, and his never-changing hand. Brothers and sisters, we must always bless the Lord. We must always be thankful for what God is doing, has done, and will do in our lives. Nonetheless, there is a word from the Lord coming to us this Sunday, and we are still in Women's Month. I want to thank Minister Hartsfield for preaching last Sunday, and she preached what was known as, or a text coming out of Titus, where she gave us the understanding of what a Titus woman is. And I'm so thankful for her. She's no stranger to New Morning Light, and we're so glad to have her here and endorse women in ministry because women are called just as much as men are called to preach the gospel. And here at New Morning Light Baptist Church, we give those platforms to show off how God can use any and everybody to tell somebody that he's somebody as well. Amen. So brothers and sisters, as we continue in this season of Women's Month, this passage of scripture will also be about a woman from the Bible. Before I get into it, I want to also acknowledge that we are still in the season of Pentecost. Yes, the season of Pentecost is when the Holy Spirit fell in the room of the disciples. And it was like a fire that came in there. They began speaking in tongues and that spirit fell and it brought this spirit of community that although all of them spoke different languages, they were able to be understood as if all of the many languages were the same language from different people from different regions and different tribes of Israel. And that goes to show how good God is, how God wants us to be in community and how the spirit of God in the midst of discourse can bring unity. So brothers and sisters, keep that in mind, that we are in the spirit or we are in the season of Pentecost right now. And that started last Sunday and we will continue on until that season ends. Nonetheless, as we conclude Women's Month, next month will be Men's Month, the month of June. I will be concluding with this passage of scripture about a woman, a well-known woman. And this passage of scripture is known as the woman with the issue of blood. That's coming out of Mark, and this passage of scripture is found throughout the Gospels, but this translation of Mark's Gospel is the one that I would like to uplift this Sunday for us so that we can be truly inspired by what thus says the Word of God. This is Mark chapter 5, starting at verses 25 and going through 34. Mark chapter 5, verse 25 through 34. The Bible says, Now there was a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhaging for 20 years. She had endured much under many physicians and had spent all that she had and she was no better but rather grew worse. She had heard about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. For she said, if I but touch his clothes, I would be made well. Immediately, her hemorrhaging stopped and she felt her body, or she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. Immediately, aware that power had gone forth from him, Jesus turned about in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing in on you. How can you say, Who touched me? But Jesus didn't pay attention to that. He looked all around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling, fell down before him and told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. 
May the Lord add a blessing to the hearing and reading of this word. Connection. Connection. I entitled this one, Connection. You see, it all started when I was on a Zoom meeting. That's one of the conference meetings. And I was on this Zoom meeting at church. And while I'm on this Zoom meeting, everything's going well in the meeting. Until I received a little notification at the bottom of my screen that said, your internet is unstable. Now, when I first saw that, I, I, I didn't pay it any mind. I was like, no, my internet's not unstable. It, it, it can't be unstable. But as the meeting progressed, the images started flickering and, and the connections started going in and out and I couldn't hear the presenter well and it seemed as though it waited to the most pertinent part or the most important part of the meeting when the connection started getting bad. And once again, that little notification came at the bottom of the screen and said, your connection is unstable. You see, I could feel myself boiling with frustration because the church had just paid to increase our internet speed the month before. You see, this wasn't a new issue, but today was the day I had had enough. You see, for several years, we have been battling with cable providers about our internet. Our connection is interrupted when it rains. Our connection is interrupted when the wind blows too hard. Our connection is interrupted if, if too many people are on or connecting to the internet. Our connection is interrupted if something is going on in the area. And then when we call the internet provider, they always tell us, well, your area doesn't have enough towers in it to bring you a strong enough connection. Meanwhile, we're still paying for a connection we don't have. You see, what we have is an issue that we've been dealing with for many years. For many years, no matter how much we pay, no matter what cable provider we switch to, no matter how many technicians come out to diagnose the problem, the issue of a lack of connection still persists. Meanwhile, we are still paying for a connection we don't have. Brothers and sisters, although I'm talking about the internet and the connection we have here at the church, some of you all are suffering from the lack of connection and paying for a lack of connection with God. You see, brothers and sisters, oftentimes we can find ourselves blaming it on our family, Blaming it on friends, blaming it on jobs, blaming it on habits, addictions, or the environment. But our connection is still unstable. You see, we can find ourselves struggling with the same issue of connection in our relationship with God. Where we are receiving little notifications in our spirit that's in our subconscious that informs us that our connection is unstable. Maybe you're blaming it on your marriage. Maybe you're blaming it on your children. Maybe you're blaming it on your health. Maybe you're blaming it on the lack of time you have, but the connection still is unstable. You might blame it on the church. You might blame it on me, the pastor, or the people in the congregation. And some of you are bold enough to blame it on God himself. But nonetheless, your connection is unstable. You see, who you're blaming on and playing the blame game is not going to change the instability, the inconsistency, and the disconnect you feel. You see, the change you're looking for begins with you and your connection to God. That leads me to the connection to the uh, question, brothers and sisters. Is your connection unstable? And if your connection is unstable, 
What are you doing to fix it? You see, Mark chapter 5, there is a woman with an issue of blood. You see, this translation calls it hemorrhaging. But to make it plain, this is a woman with an issue of blood, meaning she was on her cycle for 12 years. You see, brothers and sisters, Mark, in Mark 5, there is a woman with an issue of blood, which is known as menstruation. And this is a 2,000 year old story that has prevailed now and rings true today. That this woman with her issue with blood is suffering from connection. She's suffering from connection because, watch this, although this issue with menstruation that she's having is one that women have had since the beginning of time, she doesn't have all the fancy products we have today. She also doesn't necessarily have the luxury of running water like we have today. So brothers and sisters, when we see a woman with an issue of blood in the text, and not just a momentary issue of blood coming once a month, but an issue of blood where she's had this issue for 12 years nonstop. This woman is deemed unclean. You see, I'm sure you all, to give you a little background or to give you a better understanding of this text, can remember or have seen commercials where in Africa they will ask you to send sanitary napkins uh, to donate along with a donation you may make for food or donation you may make for, uh, for water. They also ask you to send sanitary napkins, pads and things of that nature to young girls who have to miss school during their cycle because that time period can be so difficult for a woman in a remote area when they don't have access to water. And brothers and sisters, these are issues we're dealing with today for society that for societies that are still struggling to figure out how to provide clean water for remote areas in third world countries. So you can only imagine 2000 years ago when when women faced with this issue had to figure out how to clean themselves some of the traumas and issues and hardships they had to go through. Brothers and sisters, this unnamed woman is disconnected. Verse 25 says, a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, she was getting worse. Brothers and sisters, this woman is disconnected. She is disconnected socially. She is disconnected physically because of her health. She is disconnected financially. And she's also disconnected religiously. Brothers and sisters, this woman has been dealing with Barriers blocking her connection for at least 12 years. You see, because she was on her cycle, because she had this issue, she could not even be touched by men or people in their community or the Jewish community without them becoming equally as unclean as she was. Brothers and sisters, to give you context to the text, we have to go back to Leviticus. And in Leviticus chapter 15, starting at verse 19, we get an understanding of how Jews viewed a woman going through the cycle or her cycle of menstruation. Starting at verse 19, it says, when a woman has a discharge of blood that is her regular discharge from her body, she shall be in her impurity for seven days. And whoever touches her shall be unclean until evening. Everything upon which she lies during her impurity shall be unclean. Everything also upon which she sits shall be unclean. Whoever touches her bed 
shall wash his clothes and bathe in water and be unclean until the evening. Whoever touches anything upon which she sits shall wash his clothes and bathe in water and be unclean until evening. Whoever or whether it is the bed or anything upon which she sits, when he touches it, he shall be unclean until evening. If any man lies with her and her impurity falls on him, he shall be unclean seven days and evening. And every bed on which he lays shall be unclean. Brothers and sisters, this understanding of cleanliness during a woman's cycle for Jews was so critical that not only was she unclean, but the things that she touched were considered unclean. And those things that she touched, if they touched somebody else, would be considered unclean. So brothers and sisters, this woman has been ostracized. The doctors can't help her. Her friends can't help her. Her family can't help her. She is considered unclean. Nonetheless, although she's unclean, she's pushing her way through the crowd. Although she's unclean, she's still trying to find a way to connect with her Lord and Savior. This woman is an outcast and alone and nobody will touch her, socialize with her because she is deemed unclean. This reminds me of a story I watched um, I like to listen to podcasts, and there's a specific podcast that I listen to called Super Soul, and this is one that Oprah Winfrey does. And Oprah Winfrey had interviewed a woman that had fallen victim to the great uh, recession that, that happened in 2008. And when she fell victim to losing her house and losing her job, and also being a single mother, she had to figure out how she was going to survive, right? She didn't have the support from her family. She didn't have the support from her friends. She was going from shelter to shelter. She was going through all types of trauma and psychological abuse during this time. And what she did then did turn to was prostituting herself on the streets. And brothers and sisters, on this interview that Oprah Winfrey had, she, she asked her questions about that life being on the streets and how she got there. And this, this woman talked about how she went to college. This woman talked about how she once had what she thought was a good family, but then she got a divorce. She, this woman talked about how she had a home, but during the recession, she lost it all. And she began to sell herself to make ends meet for her family. And one of the main things that she said in this interview, although she's turned from that life, although she's come out of that life, because of all the things that she saw, and because of all the things that she had done in order to survive, to this day, she sat on that sofa with Oprah Winfrey and cried because she said she still feels unclean. Brothers and sisters, she talked about how it didn't matter how many showers she took. It didn't matter how much soap she used. It, 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 it didn't matter how much motivation she tried to get from talking to people or, 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 or trying to get out of the headspace or even from removing herself from that time period in her life. She said she still felt unclean because of all the things she had done, because of all the people she had slept with. She talked about how even some colognes would remind her of some of the things that she had done in the past with certain men. And brothers and sisters, this woman felt unclean. And what I would encourage this woman with if I had an opportunity to talk to her like Oprah Winfrey, is this story right here. Because brothers and sisters, the Bible always has a good news message. And as we know, the gospel of Mark is considered good news. And the good news message is in this text that there's also a woman who's been deemed unclean. There's also a woman whose society has shunned. There's also a woman who feels as though no matter what she does, no matter what she says, nobody will see her beyond her condition and her lifestyle. And in the text, we find ourselves here with a woman who's brought to her knees. And in that story with Oprah Winfrey, we find 
ourselves listening to, or I found myself listening to a woman that life had brought to her knees. And sometimes life will bring you to your knees and there's no one you can turn to but Jesus. Sometimes life will bring you to your knees and there's no one who can help you. Your family, your friends, your mother, your father, your family members will turn away from you. But there's only one person you can turn to and that's Jesus. The good thing about Mark's gospel is that in Mark's gospel, before we even get to this story, we learn about how a demon possessed man is brought to his knees before Jesus. He's brought to his knees because he's filled with so many demons that they call themselves legion. And when they see Jesus, they immediately come to their knees. And brothers and sisters, while Jesus gets done healing that man, while he's on his way from leaving that place, he goes to another place and is picked up by another man named Jairus. And Jairus is brought to his knees because of his affliction with his daughter. And his daughter is on his deathbed, on her deathbed. And while Jesus is on his way to heal her, that's when this woman comes to Jesus on her knees. So we see that Jesus has been in the business of lifting people from their knees for a long time. And the good news gospel about this is whether you're on your knees, whether your brother's on your knees, whether they're your sister's on their knees, it doesn't matter who's on their knees. Our Lord and Savior can lift you up. There's a hymn that says, I heard a voice from Jesus say, come unto me and rest. Lay down thy weary one, lay down thy head upon my chest. So I came to Jesus as I was weary, worn, and tired. In him I found a resting place, and it's he that's made me glad. Brothers and sisters, Jesus is someone we can turn to. Jesus is someone that can lift us up and bring us from our knees. You see, Mark 5 teaches us when friends, families, doctors, lawyers, pastors, and society, and even your money can't fix it. At some point, you must disconnect from the world and connect to God for yourself. That brings me back to the question, is your connection unstable? And what are you going to do to fix it? You see, a connection means that nothing is blocking the transfer of communication or power from you and the source. I said a connection means that nothing is blocking the transfer of communication or power from you and the source. So therefore, brothers and sisters, we find ourselves here with a woman with the issue of blood who says, I'm not going to let anything stop me from my connection with God, I'm not going to let any person stop me that's in this crowd stopping me from connecting from the source. You see, I like to go to the different Gospels to get a different perspective of what this woman dealt with. You see, in Luke's Gospel, it says she is behind him, this is the unnamed woman now, and touches the hem of his garment. Therefore, if we can take our mind's eye. That means this woman wasn't only behind him, she was on her knees. Because anybody knows that the hem is at the bottom of your clothing. So therefore, she's on her knees on the ground crawling, trying to get to Jesus. It's so, 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 so basically what that shows us is, while she's crawling to Jesus, Jesus' back is to her. However, she's on the ground reaching to touch the hem of his garment. Brothers and sisters, what that shows us is there will be moments where you feel so low that life will bring you to your, to your knees. There will be moments where life will have you crawling, trying to connect with God. There will be moments where you will feel like God has his back to you and that God is walking away from you. But you have to be like this woman that no matter what the crowd is doing, no matter even what you feel like God is doing or isn't doing, you have to be on your knees 
submitting, crawling, just to get a connection to him. Brothers and sisters, you must be like the woman with the issue of blood who was deemed unclean, but by any means necessary, reached for a connection to God. That brings me back to the question. Is your connection unstable? And what are you going to do to fix it? And let me add to that. How far are you willing to go to fix your connection? You see, are you too good to reach? Are you too good to crawl on your hands and knees? Are you too good to seek a connection with God? Brothers and sisters, I was on YouTube looking at different videos and I saw a video where Denzel Washington was doing a commencement speech or, or graduation speech. And I didn't listen to his whole message that he gave, but I, I got to one part of the message and I thought it was interesting. That Denzel Washington concluded his, his, his message by saying, I hope you put your shoes way under the bed. And for those of you that don't know who Denzel Washington is, you might want to go Google him. He's an actor, one of the best of all time. And this actor that's made hundreds of millions of dollars says, I hope tonight you take and you put your shoes way under your bed so that when you wake up in the morning and you go to put your clothes on, you have to bend down and get on your knees to go and get your shoes. And maybe while you're down there, trying to get your shoes and you're on your knees. You might say a little prayer. You might ask God for forgiveness. You might ask God for help. You might ask God to be with you and guide and keep you throughout the day. Denzel, with all of his fame. Denzel, with all the movies he's done. Denzel, with all of the money he said, make sure you put your shoes way under the bed so that when you get down to go reach them, you might remember before you leave to go out the house to say a prayer. And brothers and sisters, what that shows us is that at some point you need to get on your knees and pray. At some point you need to humble yourself. At some point you need to do all you can to reach for a connection with God. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30 says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Psalm one, Psalms 116 was a psalm I used to go, grow up reading to myself and I used to read it every night before I go to bed. I would, I, I would read it and, it, and, 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 and Psalms 116 says, I love the Lord for he heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy because he turned his ear to me. I will call on his name as long as I live. When the cords of death entangle me, the anguish of the grave come over me. I was overcome by distress and sorrow. Then I called on the name of the Lord. Lord, save me. The Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is full of compassion. The Lord protects the unweary. When I was brought low, he saved me. Return to your rest, my soul. For the Lord has been good to you. For you, Lord, have delivered me from death. My eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before the Lord in the land of the living. Is your connection unstable? What are you willing to do to fix it? Brothers and sisters, the power of God can only be summoned when you submit yourself on your knees, begging, crawling, praying, asking God to deliver you. If you want to summon the power of God, you must get on your knees sometimes. You must crawl if you have to. You must pray if you have to. You must stretch and reach to connect to your Lord and Savior. John 15, 5 says, I am the vine and you are the branches. 
If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. Brothers and sisters, this aspect of connection isn't for the faint hearted. This aspect of connection isn't for those that want a quick fix. This aspect of connection requires something of you. You see, the irony in this connection, specifically here in the text, is that Jesus says, who touched me? You can imagine Jesus looking around. Who touched me? The disciples say, we're in a crowd. Everyone is touching you. But Jesus realizes something about this touch. That although everyone is around him, that although everyone is trying to reach out and touch him, only one person has connected with him. Brothers and sisters, verse 30 says the power went out of him. And what that brings us to the realization of is that although everybody was around Jesus, only one person could summon power from him. And you realize, although all the people that were around him were begging and pleading and trying to get something from him, it was the person that was on their knees. It was the person that had nothing to lose. It was the person that's defied the law. It was the person that says, I'll risk it all to come to you to have a connection. That was the one that could summon the power. The sad part about this is what this shows is that you can be in the presence of God, but not be connected to God. True connection with God means you can summon power from God. And if you claim to be connected to God, but you're not summoning any power from God, your connection is unstable. Brothers and sisters, Isaiah 29 says, These people come near to me with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me is based merely on human rules. They have been taught. He says, you can know scripture, you can pay your tithes, you can come to church, you can sing in the choir, you can watch every Sunday on the virtual, and still have an unstable connection. An unstable connection is misplaced faith. An unstable connection is when we've gotten too caught up in the world and in the world's understanding of tradition and religion. And what Jesus does is point out to us when our laws, when our, our, our scriptures and Bible verses and our traditions have superseded humanity, we've lost connection. And we've lost sight of his sacrifice. We've lost sight of what God is willing to do. We've lost sight of the true meaning of community. You see verse 30. It shows us people are around Jesus. But aren't drawing any power from Jesus. Verse 34 shows us. That you can be considered unclean. And be socially, physically and financially disconnected from everybody but still be connected and receive healing from God. Y'all, that was good. I got to read that one more time. If y'all didn't get it, I did. Here we go. I said, verse 34 shows that you can be considered unclean socially, physically, and financially and be disconnected from everybody and everything but you can still receive healing and be connected to God in ways that people who we think are clean, who we think are righteous, who we think have it all going on, are not. You would think the disciples would be drawing power. 
You would think the disciples would have that same connection. And they've been touching him and been around him this whole time. But it takes a woman who's unclean. Y'all, it's Women's Month. That means I'm elevating women. And I'll continue to do it all year, but we're going to really highlight the women. It's a woman around all these men who's the only one that can summon the power. Come on, somebody. You can't tell me women not called. You can't tell me women can't be used by God. The woman here is in the text teaching us more than all 12 of the disciples are. That when you submit yourself to the process, when you submit yourself to God on your hands and knees, you'll be able to summon power that even the people closest to God sometimes can't summon for themselves. Brothers and sisters, verse 34 says, Daughter, your faith has served you. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. You see, the unnamed woman taught us a lesson about how far we need to go to be connected with Jesus. And Jesus also shows us how far he will go to be connected to us. Y'all didn't catch this. Y'all not going to catch it because you don't know the context behind the text. You see, if you just read the Bible, you don't do a little research behind what's going on in the scenes. Sometimes the text won't really pop out to you or you won't see the significance of the story. You, you, you see, some, oftentimes we read the text with a modern lens. So we subconsciously project our societal norms on what's going on or what has gone on over 2,000 years ago. Let me make it plain for you. Here we go. There's a concept called Shomer Negah. Or I'm saying it wrong. It's Shomer Negi. And I'm probably still saying it wrong because I'm not Jewish, but I tried my best. It's called Shomer Negi, which means touch. Stay with me now. This is the concept in Jewish culture practiced by Orthodox Jews. And it is in Jewish law that it is forbidden and this law restricts physical contact between members of the opposite sex. Even when it comes to your spouse, your, your, your husband, for a woman, even her husband was restricted to touch her when she's going through menstruation. Let alone any woman was restricted from touching a man during this time period. And this concept of Shomer Nagah is still practiced today, brothers and sisters. And the interesting part about this is although we don't know this, and many of us didn't know this prior to reading, you know it now, this woman shouldn't have been touching Jesus. That's against the law. This woman not only shouldn't have been touching Jesus just because she was a woman, she also shouldn't have been touching Jesus because she's unclean. So she's violated two things. She's way out of line. But watch this. In spite of her violation, Jesus validates her and heals her. Jesus validates her violation of the law by making sure she is healed. You see, what this does is when God sees you'll risk it all for him, he'll risk it all for you. Brothers and sisters, everybody can see this woman touching Jesus. Everybody knows this woman because she's been suffering with this issue for 12 years. She's gone to the doctors. She's gone to the priest. She's gone to everybody to be healed so everyone knows what she's dealing with. And she reaches out unlawfully to touch Jesus. And Jesus realized that some power has been pulled from him. And when he seizes her, he didn't ridicule her. He didn't banish her. He didn't get frustrated with her. He didn't say that she needed to be stoned or killed. He didn't say any of those things. He validates her in that moment and says, your faith will heal you. Or has healed you. And brothers and sisters, what we learn in this text from just paying attention to G Jewish culture is the fact that God will violate even some of his own restrictions. Even some of the restrictions put in place by man just 
to be in connection with you. Brothers and sisters, Jesus is at risk of being unclean because she's unclean. However, Jesus is pure enough to clean all things that are considered unclean. Let me go back to the scripture. This is Levitical law. Remember I said, whoever touches her bed shall be unclean. And it says, whoever touches anything that she's touched is considered unclean. Then it goes as far as to say, whoever touches something that she's touched is considered unclean and won't be clean until next day evening. And brothers and sisters, although Jesus has been touched by this unclean woman, there's nothing in the text that shows that now he is unclean. And you know why that is? Because no matter how unclean we are, no matter how dirty we get, no matter how messed up we are, no matter how unfaithful we are, when we get a connection with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that automatically purifies us and gets us on track. And we don't have to worry about him being tainted at all. Brothers and sisters, this message is deeper than just a surface reading. But it shows us and teaches us that there is nothing, as Paul says, that shall separate us from the love of Jesus Christ. It says, shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword. No, in all things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities, nor powers nor things present, nor things to come, nor heights nor depths, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Brothers and sisters, if your connection's unstable, all you have to do to fix it is submit yourself and do everything you can to seek and submit that, connect, that connection with God. Brothers and sisters, if you make the effort, if you make the risk, God, who's already there waiting on you, will solidify that connection. It's not on God, brothers and sisters. It's on you. How far will you go? Will you get on your hands and knees? Will you pursue God with all your might and all your heart and soul? Because God is waiting to connect with you. You see, the unnamed woman in the text taught us how far we need to go to establish a connection with Christ. Jesus here in the text shows us how far he will go to establish a connection with us. But brothers and sisters, it was for me, I didn't understand how deep this connection was or how important a connection is, I should say, until I was on that Zoom meeting. Like I said, brothers and sisters, that Zoom meeting was the final straw for me. Talking about the Zoom meeting that I was on when I got the notification that the connection was unstable. I was so frustrated by that, I went and called our IT man. His name is Mr. Young. And Mr. Young is the IT man that comes out every time we have something that goes wrong in the church. And Mr. Young came in. And he looked around and he asked to go back to, to our little media room where we have all of our connections, our cable box, and all the things of that nature. And he went back there and he looked at our system. And he said, Pastor, I think I figured out the issue with your, with your connection. And I'm like, I'm like, all right, lay it on. Because I, I was just ready for us to have to pay another exuberant amount of money. I was ready for us to hear another reason why the connection wasn't working. And, I, and, 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 and Mr. Yoon said, he said, you know, Pastor, I know you've gone to your cable provider. I know you think it's the cable box. I know you think it's the technicians that's been coming out here, but it's, it's not the cable box, Pastor. I said, it's not the cable box? He said, no, it's not the cable box. I said, well, is it the technicians? Had he been lying to him? No, he said, no, it's not the technicians. 
I said, well, is it just the cable providers trying to get more money out of us? He said, no. He said, well, sometimes they try to get more money, but it's, 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 not, the, it's not the cable providers. He said, Pastor, the issue that you're having in this church is something called a switcher. And he said, the switch box is the box that takes the connection that's coming from the cable box and transmits it out to the rest of the church. So that's, that's how you get your Wi-Fi. That, that, that's how you get your printer connection. That, that, that's how you get all the other appliances commun communicating with each other when, when they get the signal that's sent out from the switcher box. And Mr. Young says, you know, your switcher box probably has been here at the church since you all got all this technology. I said, what? He said, yeah, I, I, I remember when, when you all first got here and, 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 and you all first had this switcher box. This is the same one from back then. It, it is over 20 years old. And he said, the issue you need to fix is getting a new switcher box so that now your signal can be stronger. He said, if you don't fix this switcher box, you can pay all the money you want. You can have all the technicians come out that you want. They can tell you all the lies about the towers not being up. They can tell you anything. But it's until this box gets fixed, you won't see a change. I said, thank you. Mr. Young, we're going to get that switch box. That's going to change everything right here. We're going to get that switch box right now. Brothers and sisters, some of us, some of us have been struggling with our connection with God. Not because of God. Not because of external factors. Not because of anything else happening outside of us. Sometimes the problem is within. And brothers and sisters, while we're here at the church, we're looking at all the external factors. The true problem was an issue that we had within. And brothers and sisters, what I challenge you to do is update your connection. What I challenge you to do is examine your personal switcher box. We're going to say the switcher box is your faith. If you're still operating on an old elementary school faith, if you're still operating on an old high school faith, if you're still operating on an old or on an old 20-year-old faith, and you in your 30s and 40s, if you're still operating on baby faith, you need to update your faith because now you have adult problems. Now you're fighting adult demons. Now you're fighting all types of issues that at this point in your life, that baby faith is not going to help you deal with. That's why you got to update your faith. That's why you have to get you a new internal switcher box so that when the negativity comes, when the demons comes, when the problems comes, it can be met with the switcher box that switches from you and your ability to God's ability. And brothers and sisters, I challenge you to check your own box to check your own faith to figure out how to make that connection so that you can switch from relying on yourself relying on your friends relying on family, relying on doctors and lawyers and whoever else and rely on God because brothers and sisters as long as we're connecting to the wrong things as long as your internal box is outdated, you'll never have the connection in which you could truly have. So that means you have to crawl. That means you got to get on your knees. That means you have to pray and submit to God to have that connection. To ask God to show you his promises and stand on his word which you know is true so that you can have an ultimate connection that will heal you, an ultimate connection that will deliver you, an ultimate connection that will show you his mercy and his grace. Brothers and sisters, I'm not saying a connection with God or God doing something for you is only contingent upon your connection. But what I want you to see is God has always been working. God has always been faithful. God has always been taking care of you, whether you've acknowledged it or not. But what the connection does is allow you to see it. And once you truly see it for yourself, and other people stop having to point it out and show you how God has been working in your life, what it does is get you to a point where now you can identify that's God working right there and that's not me. That's God that delivered me right there. That's not my mama that delivered me. That's not my sister. That's not the doctor that healed me. 
That's not the lawyer that got me out of that situation. That's God that did that. And when you start attributing your liberation, your freedom, your peace of mind to God, you develop a resume that you can always pull from when times get hard. Oh, I've seen this demon before. Oh, I've been through this hardship before. You're not going to stop me. You're not going to throw me off because God's been working in my life before you got here. And God will be continuing to work in my life long after I'm gone. And brothers and sisters, keep in mind that no matter how dark it gets, keep in mind no matter how bad you may feel, no matter how unclean you may feel like you've been because of a lifestyle you used to live, if you get on your knees, and you submit to God, God will do all he can to make sure that connection is strong. So brothers and sisters, at this time, if you're tired of an unstable connection, or if you're on the fence about whether your connection is strong or not, make that commitment to submit to God. Wherever you are right now, I charge you to get on your hands and knees and pray to God right now that he comes in your life that he takes over your mind that he works things out in a way that maybe you've never seen in your lifetime before that he comes in your heart and mind and convicts you to update the faith that you have in him so that brothers and sisters no matter how hard it gets or what you deal with you'll be able to call on him in the midst of adversity. At New Morning Light Baptist Church, we have something that we love to say that encourages us and inspires us from day to day. And that's our affirmation of faith. And what we say here is, the joy I have, the world didn't give it to me, and the world can't take it away. We say, I'm thankful for what God has done. That's the past. What God is doing. That's the present. And what God will do. That's the future. Because we understand here that God's been working. God is working. And God will continue to work. So at this time, if you don't have a church home or if you don't have a relationship with Christ, I charge you to commit yourself to Christ today. I charge you to confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart. That he can transform and turn your life around. And that he died on the cross for your sins and the sins of the world. So that we can have a better quality of life and salvation for our souls. So I thank you for joining us. And I pray that you do something different to establish a stronger and deeper connection with God. God bless you.